Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Laika. She is an intuitive healer, a tantra teacher, a business coach, who also hosts workshops and events on transformation, spirituality, self-development, embodiment, and exploration of the divine feminine. Laika, how are you doing today? Wow. Thank you for having me on this beautiful platform. I feel very honored. So I feel a lot of expansion in my heart to be here and to connect with you and your audience and talk about all the things that I'm (laughs) Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you and I'm looking forward to jumping in and learning more about who you are and what you do and sharing that with the audience. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. So like, uh, how long have you been working as an intuitive healer? I want to say my whole life. (laughs) I want to say... (laughs) Since I was a teenager, really, I studied to coach people and to be the place where people would come to me at school. It was very interesting. Like people were will come to me to advise and bring their friends and be like, hey, like just talk to her. <laughs> like, very good advice. And especially around relationships. So relationship with self and relationship with others. It was very interesting. And then I started my journey when I was around 18. I followed a path that my parents had chose for me that was to go in a business school and felt very depressed because I was not really fitting in. It was not really aligned with my heart, but I didn't right. really know what I wanted to do with my life because how do you become an intuitive healer? Like I didn't grow up knowing this was a career path. So I, I discovered yoga. That was my, I would say, first introduction to healing modalities and to connecting with myself. And I do believe we are all intuitive healers. I just connected so deeply with myself that I realized that I had some healing powers that my body could heal himself from depression, anxiety, and feeling out of alignment. And I discovered that I had something called my intuition that was extremely powerful, that I was extremely sensitive, that I've always been since I'm a little kid, and that I could use that to guide others and to help others. And then I did a yoga teacher training, and then I did some Reiki training to really learn how to work with energies. And I started to guide people back to their body and intuition. Now, when did you really embrace your gift and decide to start using it to help people? I just couldn't do any other way. It was stronger (laughs) than me. It was, I'm a Libra and a Sagittarius rising. So I do have some fire in my chart for anyone that is into astrology. So I have this fire and this rebellious also aspect of me of like, I just want to do what I want to do. So I embraced it right away. I worked very little in corporate, but I was, you know, I was still connected to my passions because I was also passionate about the earth and our connection to Pachamama and the environment and this beautiful planet that we live on. So I worked a little bit in corporate, less than a year, and I was working in sustainability. So I was still connected to that aspect of me. Right. And that I was working two jobs. I had a shitty jobs on the side, but I was a yoga teacher. So I embraced it as soon as I finished my studies, really. So I was two, I guess. And I think what led me to fully, fully embrace that was my own journey and my own transformation. And I felt so good. And my friends were looking at me and they're like, oh my God, 
you changed so much and you're so empowered and I was like, I cannot keep it for myself. I have to share that. Yeah, that is beautiful. And so I'm always curious about this, and I love hearing different people's thoughts on this, but do you believe that everyone has the ability within to be an intuitive, and it's just a matter of having the right guidance to do so or figuring out how to tap into that ability? A hundred percent. As I shared before, I do believe we all have this strong intuition and we all have gifts. I think what most people are struggling with, as I was, at least that's my own personal example and experience, is that I didn't know it was a gift. I thought everyone had what I had. And then I started to talk about people that had other types of gifts, like psychic gifts, you know, like audience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, all the clears and people that were really intuitive and some people that were not and I just realized oh that's special that's something but I do believe we all have to some extent some gift and as you mentioned it takes guidance but you know we are talking about intuition here I think the guidance we can provide it for ourselves I think it's a matter of turning inward really going inside of ourselves connecting with the extraordinary intelligence of our bodies our bodies have the wisdom have the power we know how many times in our day we feel stuff in the body and we don't know it doesn't necessarily make sense but we know we should avoid one street or we should reach out to this person or you know it's tiny little things like this that we can follow to develop that power that gift that intuition and the healing part is really also about connecting with our bodies i think our bodies are so incredibly intelligent and they can heal themselves if we don't get in the way so i would say it's about quiet the mind as much as we can and turn it inward and realizing that we're so much more powerful than we think we are and that we have been taught that we are It's a tough thing too, because a lot of people don't want to go within. They don't want to look within because they don't like what they see and things like that. So it's a, it's a very tough mental thing to get over, I think, and to get past because we always get in our own ways. We are our own worst enemies when it comes to things like this and so many different things, mindset and being able to accomplish things. We always get in our own way. We are our own worst enemies. Oh, 100%. And I am my worst enemy still. Even doing what I do, even coaching people at very high levels, self-development and spirituality and all of that, I'm still my worst enemy. It's still hard to look within. And it's so essential. And it's a very courageous, brave act to go within and to sit with our discomfort. I think there is no growth with that discomfort or there there is growth in every discomfort. And even when I started as a yoga teacher, my favorite thing to guide people into was to make them hold posture for a very long time. I was like, just create comfort in the discomfort, find it in your breath. And it's possible when you tap again into the body to create that. When you feel some sensations that are not pleasant, because I think when we quiet the mind and we sit with ourselves, whether it's meditation or just even in in conversation with someone when we can be so present that we slow down and we observe how the energy is moving in our bodies and how we feel in every given moment even when it's uncomfortable we build this capacity to hold more discomfort we train ourselves it's just like a muscle and it comes from a willingness to go there there is so much reward on the other side. It can be a very pleasant thing because yeah. pain and pleasure are really one of the same. So when we are brave enough to dive into the pain, to dive into the discomfort, we usually find a lot of pleasure on the other yeah. side. It's a very fine line and we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you had mentioned about slowing down. That's an, I think therein lies another problem for a lot of people is slowing down because society has conditioned us that and and the way of thinking now is 
people don't want to wait for things. They're very impatient and everything moves at such a fast pace. We're being bombarded with on social media with sound clips and images and video and every everything moves at such a quick pace. So it's hard for people to take the time to slow down, but we need to in order to tune into ourselves and tune into our bodies and tune into our minds. Yes. And in Tantra, you know, and sacred sexuality, there is this whole path of slowing down. And of course, it brings more pleasure and more expansion when we talk about sex, you know, and yeah. intimacy. Uh, but when we apply that to our day to day, when we slow down so much, when we eat our food, or when we have a conversation with a friend, it just expand our awareness and our presence becomes so delicious. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And yes, it is a challenge in today's society, as you mentioned, and we have it in ourselves to slow down. It's difficult again, but it's very rewarding and it can change our lives. I know For some sure. very simple practices that can shift our whole perspective on life. As I mentioned, like when we eat sensual eating, just taking time to touch and smell and breathe when we eat. Be life-changing for someone that struggles with eating disorders or yes. a relationship with food. It can change their entire life just because they slow down. How does traditional spirituality differ from a spirituality that honors the divine feminine? Well, I would say what comes to me right now is that in traditional spirituality, there is a lot of emphasis on ascending. So it's a lot about the upper chakras. It's a lot about meditation. It's a lot about basically transcending the human experience. When we include the divine feminine, it's more about a descending process. It's like we go deep within. We go deep into the earth. We connect with Pachamama instead of wanting to be up there in the stars, we connect with our roots, with our essence, with our ancestors. We connect with the womb space, the creative space. So to me, it is really about embracing us as souls in a body, as, as humans. Yeah. And what it means to be humans. Because I feel like, and I've been there. When I started my journey, I was all about meditation, all about, even the yogic path is very focused on transcending the body, you know? We only do the posture to be able to meditate and to transcend this state. So there is a lot of bypassing from the human experience. There is mm -hmm. a lot of trying to be perfect, trying to be angels, basically, you know, yeah. compassion, starting to not judge anymore. So basically, there is a lot of rejection. We reject okay. all of the darkness to go to the light, to be love and light. That was my experience, at least. And then I discovered the tantric path where it really spoke to my heart because it was, yes, there is a desire for the light and we want to improve and we want to work on ourselves and we want to be connected to God. And we're humans and we embrace this. We embrace the anger. We embrace the judgment. We embrace the shadows. We embrace the earth. So I would say that's a big part of integrating the divine feminine. And with that being said, I really do believe that it has to be an inner union. That's yeah. what I apply to everything in my work, whether it's a more spiritual guidance, more of an embodiment and connecting with ourselves or even on a business perspective, this notion of inner union, balancing our feminine and masculine, embracing all aspects of them, whether they are the wounded expression of them or the enlightened, you know, divine expression of them is so essential. To me, it's about finding this equilibrium because if we also go and I've been there, you know, working so much with the divine feminine with complete rejection of our inner energies of masculine or even on this planet, rejecting the masculine, it will create another imbalance. And I do thrive for, you know, I, I really stand for harmony. I think the more we can find harmony within our being, the more harmony we can see outside in our outer reality. Absolutely. So like you are an embodiment priestess. For those who might not know, can you share a little bit about what an embodiment priestess is and the work you do 
as an embodiment priestess? Yes. So it's a funny, fancy wording, embodiment priestess, isn't it? <laughs> it always makes me laugh to try to introduce myself, you know, like I'm a potential specialist, an embodiment priestess, and all those terms. <laughs> it's very funny to play with those archetypes. <laughs> uh, what I would say around that is, first of all, I'm a human. I'm a very yeah. Human. That's how I would introduce myself. Then for the embodiment priestess part, I do believe the priestess name comes with a lot of responsibility and a sense of initiation. I've been initiated mainly by life and really hard experiences to really be connected to myself, my essence, and show up in the world in the way that was very authentic, very real, and very unique and different. I had to dare to be different. And the embodiment part is, again, the body, is how can I be in integrity with myself, with what I say, to be the embodiment of what I preach, to guide people through my being, through my presence, through how I show up in the world. So what I do with that is I guide people to do the exact same. I guide them to reconnect with their body, their centrality, their uniqueness, their unique flavors and codes and frequencies and be sensitive to what it feels like to be themselves, to be mm -hmm. a very special human with unique codes, to embody that. So to bring that into the tangible reality. Because again, if we compare it to like spiritual work, it can be a lot in the head. It can be a lot in dreaming, praying, and then nothing really happens in this physical plan. So it's bringing it into the daily experience of reality. I love it. Now, you're trained in multiple areas and modalities. Can you speak a bit about that and how you incorporate those into your work? And as well, could you give us a brief overview of your approach when working with clients? Yes, I've trained in many things because I'm a manifesting generator for anyone into human design, which basically means I'm a multi-passionate person. So I've studied many things and I studied Tantra and yoga and Reiki and conscious relating, sacred sexuality, all those beautiful, amazing topics. The way I do it is very unique. I work with my clients, my beautiful clients, with that perspective of embodiment. So for me, it's important that I work with the divine feminine. What is the divine feminine? It's really about being equals. And our society right now is based on a more triangle, hierarchical, you know, structure. There is some someone above, someone below, this rank. We're ranking humans. Yeah. Whether we do it in the corporate world or whether we do it in, you know, just um, the social world as well. So working with the feminine is, and working with my clients that like we are equals, we're both sitting around the circle. That's why I've led so many women's circles is to come together and to activate each other, to activate our most expensive potential. Tantra is about expansion, is how much we can expand in our consciousness and our awareness, in the expression of ourselves, how liberated can we feel. So that's how I take all the beautiful parts of my trainings and I create those unique experiences for people to experience themselves through me, but to experience the best expansive version of them. And what I get from my clients is that they know they have this potential. We can feel it. We're very intuitive, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. In this day and age, everyone is very psychic, very intuitive. We know there is more to life. Yeah. We know that there is more to us. We can feel it intuitively. It's, it's like an instinct. You know, it's just like a wild animal that will be caged, but they still <laughs> have this inside, even though they don't know any thing else. They never knew the wild. We still have this wild within. So I work with people that are already sensitive to their own wild within. Yeah. They can feel it. They can feel there is more to life. They can feel there is more to themselves. And I extract it and we birth it into reality. So I love to say I'm a potential doula as well. Like we birth <laughs> all this potential, all this wild. It's just like, if you want to compare it to how it would feel in the body, just having more space to breathe, yeah. more space to 
be yourself and you feel you know when your chest gets bigger like when you you roll your shoulders back and your heart is more open your heart is more receiving That's expansion yeah expansion yeah i love expansion, it expansion expansion what lights you up or inspires you the most about the work you do it's my clients i do it for again i've done this transformation for myself and it feels so fucking good because <laughs> i cannot even like see myself i i emulate my past self but i've grown so much and changed so much and liberating myself so much i was such a poor little thing i was living in victimhood i was very not confident i was struggling with a lot a lot of things in my relationships i was not able to express myself i was in very toxic partnerships when it came to love i was very confused about my purpose i had no clue what i wanted to do i struggled with anxiety my whole life i was so stressed i didn't know any other reality i was always sick sometimes even going multiple times to the hospital i was so depressed as well i couldn't find meaning in this life so my own transformation is definitely what fuels me but then now i'm feeling very good i'm like wow I'm very embodied and it's epic and I'm on my path and on my purpose. But again, it doesn't mean shit if it's not shared yeah. because I cannot keep it to myself. You know, I love that we are so different. I love to bring a new perspective to people and I love to invite them in my world. It's like I grab your hand and I'm like, hey, come and see over there. It's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> and I've got something play. to show you. Yeah. 100%. It's just like when we were kids, you know, yeah. playing. Hey, do you Come want to check this out? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I do it with something else that really ignite this passion inside of me is the playful part. It's the work that I do when you work with embodiment and personal development and inner transformation. All of this can get very serious. If you look online on social media, on Instagram, everyone is so deep and passionate and it gets very, very intense, very, wow. You know, we do shadow work. So we also go into the trauma. We go into the past. We go into the struggle. We face it all, right? We don't yeah. reject the shadows. So it gets heavy. My intention is to bring a little bit less seriousness about this whole deep work that is very serious and that will change your entire reality, that will help you to, you know, tap into more pleasure, more expansion, more money, more impact in the world, all of this very serious shit. But to bring it with such a sense of, hey, that's just a game. We're here to play yeah. and let's have fun in the process. And like, it's also about the work that I do is about embracing all aspects of us. So sometimes there are some parts that are not really pretty that we don't really want to face. So the more fun we can bring into the experience, the more joy, the more laughter and lightness we can bring into that, the more we experience all the flavors of ourselves in a very pleasurable way. I think it's very, very important. And I have seriousness in my chart. Like I can get so fucking serious. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I love to not take myself so seriously. And the way translate light in my work is that I've showed up to many of my workshops about, you know, goddess work and divine feminine. And I was asking my clients to show up you know, dressing up like a goddess and to push their edges, you know, maybe choosing an archetype that they want to embody, such as the seductress or the goddess or whatever. But it was not my edge anymore for me because I've done this work so many times. And again, I'm all about embodying what I preach. So yeah. it's like, I need to push my own edges for my clients because like, I want to meet them and not just be a guide. I want to be with them. So I showed up with a mustache, <laughs> and a, a one eyebrow and just dressed like crazy. And I was leading, you know, it's so funny because I was leading this very intense activation, very deep meditation, hypnosis that took us on, on the depth of ourselves. And then I just opened my eyes and peeked into <laughs> and just saw myself. And I was like, this is just so hilarious. So I think this is a big motivation for me too. And that's something that I wish I could see more in the industry is fun yeah. and, you know, less seriousness. Life is short. We have to have fun. And I think as we, 
grow into adulthood and become adults, we forget what it's like to be a kid and to have fun. And we need to remember that and go back to that and know that, you know what, it's okay to act like a kid sometimes and to have fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Life is short. Don't take it too seriously. Exactly. And we will spend a lot of time in meditation and trying to reach for this higher frequency, right? Love, gratitude, and God. Again, it's like getting as close as we can to God. I do believe spirituality is what connects us to spirit. And if anyone gets triggered by the word God, I just had to do my own healing around that, but you can call it the universe source. Yeah, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever you want. But when you think about it, when you're in state of joy, when you're just so present with your friend and you're just laughing you are in that meditative space without even trying yeah. it's effortless and i love this effortlessness of hey i'm just laughing right now and i'm so connected to god i'm so connected to the universe right now i'm so much in expansion because i feel this joy without even forcing without having to sit and put a timer and breathe through it or whatever it's it's effortless just being it. just being yeah. Like, what type of person or client is your ideal client? What things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? I will go back to what I shared before. It's someone that feels in themselves that there is more. Yeah. There is more to be expressed. There is more to be felt. And they really want to transcend. There is a transcendental aspect of my work where we transcend limitations. And I think... You must feel in your belly, in your gut, or in your heart, and somewhere in your body that there is a wild that wants to be expressed, or there is a potential that needs to be birthed into reality. The people I work with are entrepreneurs, artists, uh, mostly because I also include this business aspect right. in my work. Now it's the one-on-one work that I do. It's also for anyone that wants to feel in better relationships. Relationships are the center of this human experience. It always starts with the relationship we have with ourselves. And we know this, if we are into this work, I guess all of your audience is already somehow connected to this aspect of, you know, self-improvement and working on ourselves yeah. and self-love and all those topics. I do believe that this intimacy that we can build with ourselves, with our bodies is infinite. There is always layers and layers. So it's anyone that wants to deepen that work and how it will also impact their love life, their relationship with their business partners or colleagues or parents. I've done so much healing about my relationship to my parents, healed, you know, ancestral traumas through healing the relationship to myself and to my parents. And so it's, it's people that feel that desire. Now you've said that you had an experience that broke open your deepest sexual awakening, which also led you into the study of Kundalini and Tantra. Can you speak a little bit about that awakening? Yes. I got my heart broken. I had the most painful heartbreak breakup of my life and it led me to not being able to move from my bed for three days when i say not move i couldn't even go to the bathroom i could even grab a glass of water the emotional pain that i felt was so intense that i felt it in my whole system in my whole body and during those three days i had major breakthroughs it's like the amount of pain was acting like a psychedelics and it was a whole altered state of consciousness that I tapped into. And I realized that even though I was working with yoga for many years, even though I was on my personal development journey for many years, about eight or 10 years already, I felt my body in a different way. I could see and feel in my body the pain. And that was the first time that I've acknowledged everything that I was somehow pushing under the rug, all the abandonment issues, all of my trauma from childhood, so much repressed emotions that came up with that one breakup. It was not even that the relationship was perfect and that, you know, it was not connected to my ex really, it was connected to, that was just a trigger. Yeah. And that triggered something so intense in my body 
that I've spent, well, my whole life since then, but very intense nine months of healing. So I've cut myself off from the world. I was in my parents' house because I was into moving countries and then my ex left. I had nowhere to go. I needed to find out where I wanted to go. And again, I was way too weak to go anywhere else. So I locked myself for nine months, had very few contacts with outside reality. And I made the promise to myself that I will take the time to heal, no matter how long it will take, but I will sit with all the pain. I will sit with it. I will really sit with it, just like you sit with ayahuasca, just like you sit with mushrooms or any mm -hmm. psychedelic. I'm gonna come in ceremony with that pain. And that pain awakened my connection to my womb and to my pussy. I also experienced an abortion in one of my past relationships about two years or three years before that event. So I had a lot of trauma stored in my womb space and I was very disconnected from my pussy power, from my feminine power. I didn't even know my anatomy. I didn't even know that I could experience this type of pleasure that I'm experiencing right now. I didn't even know that I had so much body image and so much shame around my sexuality and so much guilt and so much societal inherited like limitation and distortion. I didn't even have the awareness, but it all came up when I felt this wave of pain and sat with it for nine months. And I wrote in my journals, I started to dance with my pain, which I literally danced with it. And as I was dancing, as I was really feeling in my body, not with the mind, not with like trying to rationalize it, not trying to get better or to, you know, come out of this and heal faster. Of course, I was very impatient. And of course, many times I was begging the sky for the pain to go away. But the only way out was through, I needed to feel it fully. And by feeling it fully, the pain, I tapped into pleasure and I tapped into my sexuality, my sacred sexuality as well. I was like, wow, I know that the sexual act is a connection with spirit, with God through another. That is a very intimate, magical experience. And that I've always felt it before that sex was the way we present sex in our society is wrong. This is fucked up. It's either super taboo from yeah. religion and like we shouldn't talk about it. Like it's like, uh-uh, it's a big no. Or it's the porn industry that is. Yeah, created. one extreme to the other. Yeah, by men, for men, and that remove all the sacredness. And it's funny enough because I've never really watched porn, but I knew porn was fucked up. And and so I rejected, you know, I, I, I was really strong opinionated about porn, but I never really watched it. And then I watched it and I was like, this is so fucked up. This is even more fucked up than I thought. Yeah. And I was like, if people are, you know, especially young people introducing to this energy that we we cannot escape it. Even like, you know, yoga and like most of spiritual paths that are very masculine, they also reject sexuality. That's why I choose the tantric path is because it's the only path that doesn't reject sexuality. Our sexual energy is part of us being human. We cannot transcend it. It's the most powerful, in my opinion, it's the most powerful energy of all. It's the one that can birth consciousness, babies, into this yeah. world is the one that we use to create that's the one we use to feel connected with ourselves to me it's the energy at the source of any other energies and even if you want to think it in a more practical tangible less woohoo up there you know it's a god energy and it's an energy that is very strong yeah. think about being turned on like you feel it in your body so it's sometimes it's irresistible like yeah. it's very strong energy so when you learn to connect with that again through the body through breathing through it through expressing it through you become a master at yourself basically because you master this primal incredible expensive energy that we all possess and you can of course connect with your body of course connect with your sexuality but to me, this sexual energy is how I create anything that I do. It's how I create art. It's how I create anything in my business. It's how I connect with others. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to get into sexual intercourse with the people. Right. Of course not. But it's, it's what brings, again, presence and aliveness. 
I'm connected to me being embodied in this body as a human, as a soul, having a human experience. And to this notion of aliveness, I think is so important when we work with the divine feminine, because that's really at the core of it. Absolutely. I so I went through so many tangents, but like <laughs> that's okay. No kind problem. Of described on you're passionate about what you're what you're talking about, what you teach, what you embody. A hundred percent. And I'm really trying to teach people to go there with that, you know, having to go through the pain that I've went, yeah. went through. And to be honest, when we work with those energies, we have to embrace some kind of pain. We have to go into the trauma. I don't know any woman in my work as clients ever, even as friends. I don't know anyone, no one that didn't experience some sort of sexual trauma, right. whether it's it's a very like, you know, abuse or rape or, you know, like would say like heavy trauma or a light trauma of not knowing our boundaries, not being yeah. so connected that we even can put a tampon and cross our own boundaries because our pussies, our yonis didn't want to be penetrated with a tampon at this time. Or even not even like a physical thing, but just like carrying guilt or shame around our desires. That can also be a very traumatic response of our bodies. The little T's and the big T's. Exactly, exactly. I think it's it's so vital that we do this work because it's so liberating. It's so freeing and empowering. And we hear that a lot, but what does it mean to be empowered? It means that you feel in control, not in a forcing way, but you feel in charge of your existence, in charge of yourself. You can feel safe in your body to experience yourself and to move through the world as your most expensive, authentic, real, raw, wild self. It's epic. It is. I love it. I love it. I love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I think it's my love. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really my love and my passion. And I think it's because I'm funny as well. <laughs> it's, I know I'm very magnetic because of, of all those things. Another big thing for success is integrity. I am extremely hard on myself. That's not something that I'm proud of. Like it's it's something, well, that, you know, I had to embrace. I have my moon in Virgo that that is very present in my chart. Again, for anyone into astrology, I love to blame my things onto my astrology, you know, <laughs> but I'm extremely, extremely hard on myself to be in integrity. I had so many teachers that I'm so grateful for. They taught me exactly what not to do because I cannot learn from someone that is preaching something and i can feel that it's just fluff it's just something they're saying something yeah. they've learned through their mind even even a yoga teacher i remember being in a yoga teacher training and all those my student friends around me we were really trying to learn all the sanskrit names of the postures and you know it doesn't make you a good yoga teacher to know all the things to yeah. have all knowledge. What makes a good yoga teacher for me in my experience is someone that can be present to their student, that can love them, that have a real desire in their heart to share that medicine that is yoga. It doesn't matter if you know, you know, downward facing dog in Sanskrit, like, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. To so it's the same in my work today. Integrity, 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 integrity. I'm so, so hard on myself. Sometimes I take like months to birth an offer because I want to make sure that I'm not bullshitting anyone, that I'm not preaching something that I don't do myself. That is to me the key to success. Another key to success for me in my experience is self-love. Self-love will come and go. I don't love myself every day even though I teach about self-love, but I have this desire to build a strong partnership and a strong relationship with myself. I married myself. That's another part of my journey that is funny. I got married to myself. It was a one-year process. I went to another city here in Mexico to embody, you know, we talk about self-love, we do the exercise, we, are, we read the books, we do the journaling prompts. I wanted to make it real. I wanted it to be tangible. I wanted to have the ceremony. I wanted to have the ring on my finger. I wanted to taste the depth of this commitment that I have for my own relationship to self. And when you when you embrace and accept all aspects of you, people can feel it. People yeah. are magnetized to that. They want sure. it because yep. we all 
to some extent, we all want to experience that. So I think that's one aspect. Another one for success is, and something that is very magnetic against not taking yourself so seriously is being very authentic, very real about not being perfect. I'm not trying to pretend anymore. I've been there in my journey as well. Like being an entrepreneur in the beginning, I was like, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to prove that I know. I need to prove that I'm a good coach. I need to prove that I'm worthy. It's not really magnetic. People can feel it as well whether consciously or unconsciously. And so, yes. People can detect bullshit and you authenticity is so important and it's such a huge thing. We need more authenticity in the world. A hundred percent. Like I'm such an advocate for that. It's like, I don't care if you're perfect. Just show me real. Yes. Because real is, is exciting. Real is human. Real is like... I don't know, it activates all part of us and it's it's a big permission slip to be just who we are. Absolutely. Try to be this perfect, immaculate angel version of ourselves. We'll be perfect when we die and we go back to the egoless place and we are angels and just pure <laughs> there, is, there is no such thing as perfect on this planet. Perfect <laughs> doesn't as, exist. Exactly. As we're here as human, let's embrace it all. So 100%. Let's, let's have fun in the process. That's a thing that's key to success. And it's also what we shared along this podcast together, the willingness to go into the dark, to go into the discomfort, the pain, and to embrace it all, to embrace the dark as much as the light and, you know, the good as much as the bad. You have to have them both. You can't have one without the other. It's impossible. Exactly. I think it's, it's a big, big key. And it's being able to sit with, with how much discomfort it will create, like, whether you're successful, success is a very interesting thing. For me, success means fulfillment. I want to feel fulfilled. Yeah. I want to have an impact in that world, in this world. I want to help people as much people as I want to go on this journey of self-liberation and, and to birth their project and to have more success in their businesses and all that jazz. But it comes to how much expansion I can experience, how much fulfillment and success will be different for everyone i guess but the keys to success are really like how we navigate how we build up our capacity to hold it in our system as well like absolutely 100 percent. Yeah. like what is the most important thing you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it and what was your life like after learning it i want to say tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> my life before it was a life of people pleasing of outsourcing everything, outsourcing love. I, I felt so incomplete. I felt that I was missing something, that I was lacking something. I always search more love and more compassion and validation through relationships. I've learned the most through my romantic partnerships, I guess, and all kind of relationship really. But anyhow, telling the truth is the hardest thing for me, but it's something that like Honesty is top of my list in terms of my value. I want people to tell me the truth and I want to tell the truth all the time. It's easier said than done. In order to know the truth, I had to know what was my truth. (laughs) And most of my time, I was so numb, so disconnected from myself. I didn't even know. How can I tell something I don't even know? I had to know what were my feelings. Like, what is it that I really feel? What is it that I really need? My needs were also important. What is it that I want? And being able to use my voice, using my voice with a big part of my journey. I've been silent most of my life. So before in telling the truth, and that's just a practice. It's not something like, oh, I woke up this day and I, I was telling the truth to everyone around me. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a continuous practice. It's life changing. We can yeah. heal so much, even physical illness. We can heal physical illness through telling the truth. There is this book called Radical Honesty. I don't remember the author. It's a very great book for anyone that wants to explore that aspect. But Radical Honesty is what I've learned and that changed my life and that is still changing my life. The quality of my relationships, I didn't even know it was possible to experience such intimacy with my business partners, with my friends, with even strangers, you know, like even someone you will connect only sexually for just one night. If you can be so real and so honest and not withhold anything, be so transparent about what you feel, who you are as a person, just be you 100% real. Authenticity. Authenticity and tell the truth, like voice it. It it will change every interaction you have in this world. Beautiful. 
the truth will set you free, as they say. Oh, yeah. Like if you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I love that. <laughs> where would I put it? I think, to be honest, if I could put a billboard, I would, it's a tough one. I think I would put it in my room. I would put okay. something in my room and I would say something like another day, another opportunity to be yourself and change the world. And so it will be a, a reminder. I have kind of that already in my room, but I have those notes everywhere. But I think okay. I would do that so that I can be the embodiment. So then wherever I go, whoever comes in my way, um, whether it's through social media or even like, you know, the waiter or yeah. the, the cleaning lady, like whoever will come in my way will be impacted by what I embody, by the frequency of my love, my generosity, my desire to be a better person, my desire to truly connect with people and to be on that path of becoming better humans and more loving, compassionate beings. So I guess Beautiful. I would go in my room so that right. I can be it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most recent investment you've made in yourself? In myself all the time. I have a new mentor. I have a new coach right now and I haven't had one in seven months. So I always invest in myself in courses and stuff like this. And right now I invested in a mentor one-on-one and I just needed to go through that period where I was not investing well I was still in some programs but not no one working with me you know yeah as a space holder I needed to go through that to really connect with my own medicine I felt it but now to have it again it's very fresh I only had one session I remember the power of community the power of being held because she's not teaching me much like I don't learn anything but to feel held in my journey, I feel unstoppable. I feel like, you know, everything that we used to struggle with, like it's super tiny. And, and you're it, supported. A hundred percent. And it fastened the journey. I don't know if that makes sense, but something that I would have done in maybe three or four months, in only one session, it's done. It's like I moved through that. Even in, in my business, you know, it's something that I thought of doing in five years. I've done it in two weeks. Support it's, it's, is key. A hundred percent. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My dad, because I resented my parents for so many years. Healing my relationship with them was a big piece of my journey. I really want to talk more about this in my work too, because I see it in so many people. We resent a lot of things that our parents, our caregiver did to us. At least that was my experience. I resented my parents for a lot of things. I blamed them, especially when I started to awaken to my truth. I was like, I was taught wrong and I never had space for my emotions and my sensitivity in my home. And I felt like I couldn't fit in at school and I was not even feeling like I was fitting in in my own house, in my own home with my parents. And then I, at the age of 22, I decided to tell the truth to my parents. We don't speak in my family. And I sat down with my parents. I was in London. I flew them in for Christmas and we sat down. I, I was like, I need to have a talk with you. I didn't sleep for two weeks before that because I knew I was about to have this conversation with them. Yeah. I was about to tell them everything that I felt for 22 years, not only express it, but also hear from them. It was a liberation. I cannot believe that I've been able to do so. If anyone in listening to that resonate with a family where it's not easy to express ourselves, where we never talked about anything, we never talked about feelings or emotions or even the past. I don't know much about my parents, really. And I made the shift to see my parents not as my parents, like they owe me anything, but as people. They're their own entities. And now that I've done this healing and I'm on the other side of it, and I have so much love for my parents. I have so like unconditional love full radical acceptance of who they are. I'm not trying to change them anymore. I'm not trying to teach them anything from my work. They are who they are. And I fucking love the shit out of them, really. <laughs> and I'm realizing that the person that I am, even though I rejected everything they taught me, I think, you know, in that book I mentioned earlier, I think he said we stay teenager most of our lives. Like yeah. very few human, like people are actually grown up. Like even people that are running our countries and whatever. But that's another tangent. Anyway, I'm realizing now 
that I'm a lot like my parents. And if I said that many years ago, we'll be like, oh my God, no, please don't. I want to do anything but my parents. But the values that my dad had taught me through the way he has been, you know, this integrity, he's also very funny. And I'm like, damn, I grew up in a very funny family. I didn't know. (laughs) I had to compare with other household how they are not as funny as, like they don't have as much fun as we we are we have in our in our family but anyway i'm a lot like my dad now and a lot like my mom too but my dad taught me everything that i know you know my relationship to generosity to showing up to yeah my dad okay we're gonna jump into a little rapid fire section here so the next grouping of questions just be one two three four word answer type thing okay Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Perfectly imperfect. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? (laughs) (laughs) Living life as a perfect, imperfect human. Would you rather have more time or more money? More time. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Intense. Warning intense. (laughs) (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? to voice themselves. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Deep connection. What is one of your favorite quotes? Be kind to unkind people. They need it the most. Like what is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My roommate, soul sister and business partner. So grateful for her. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Pretty much myself already. There is no future distorted like version of me. So I'm the best I can be every day. Beautiful. I love that. What is your why? Growth and expansion and joy and connection and love. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Believe in yourself even when no one does. And lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say to your corner of the world, your tribe, your people? What, what words of wisdom would you impart? Forget everything you think you know about yourself, everything you were taught. Forget everything you think you know and connect to that living, breathing, present moment. Connect to your body, connect to what you feel in the moment and up the volume on that, up the volume of your ability to feel, to be, be present as as much as you can with your loved ones through the good things, the bad things, and do your best, be your best with love and always tap into your heart. Beautiful. Laika, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. You are an incredibly inspirational, beautiful human being woman and soul. I appreciate you and just keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world. I am so honored and happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me and holding such a beautiful space of expression for all of us to have a voice and have an impact. And my hope is that your audience found exactly what they needed, that they walk home with You know, they take what they liked and they leave what they didn't like. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Laika. She is an intuitive healer, Tantra teacher, and business coach. Thank you so much, Laika. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.